Welcome to the AFR podcast. It's Wednesday, the 4th of May, 2022. When life is more interesting than fantasy. Round seven is done, Steve. We're a little bit later this week on the podcast, mainly because life got in the way and our ability to really giving a shit about this game has completely dropped away. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, life. When life actually gets more interesting than fantasy, you've got to be worried. Yeah. That is- <laughs> um, and I just realised in me swearing at the start, I'm going to have to remove that um, non-explicit tag at the very, that I have on the podcast. <laughs> but anyway, I think actually that's probably one of the first swear words we've said. I've said and we've said on the, yeah. You're normally squeaky clean, bro. No. And I think I may have the life more interesting than fantasy. There's the podcast title. (laughs) Beautiful. First cab off the rank, mate. I've already got that one. I don't need to write anymore. All right. But, yeah. Drop drop mic, walk out here. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, but I'll tell you what, mate, from your perspective and my perspective, it's uh, it's all about the Super League. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, we do Super League first? <laughs> we, might as, we might as well. Let's do something we care about. Um, does, are we making it sound like we really have sort of checked out in the, from an original league perspective? Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the original league first of all, the second, sorry, next. Well, anyway, let's start with the Super League. Uh, there's some really good games in here, some really high-scoring games. Um, and not so many upsets. I actually thought there were going to be a few more upsets this week, but there wasn't so many, but there was one big one, but we'll get to that shortly. All right. Um, Sons of God versus the Mighty Atoms was the first game. Sons of God got up here 188 to the Atoms 160. Um, for the Sons of God, it was pretty consistent across the board, to be honest. Doherty got 20 at midfield. Tom Stewart, 27.5 at key back, which was outstanding. Charlie Curnow, 28 at key forward, was also pretty damn good. For the Adams, Took Miller getting 36 at centre. Josh Kelly, 21 at midfield. His back line of Perryman let him down a little bit, though, only getting the one rebound. Um, from a commission perspective, so I'm trying to get through this before I cough. Tom Stewart, three. Took Miller, two. Charlie Kerno one. And I'm getting emotional. Hang on. <laughs> this is a I'll, – I'll save you for a bit here. This is a – Thank you. A um, big, big win for the Sons of God. Like, what a great performance from them this week. Um, we've been talking about how they've, uh, you know, a few, few things have gone their way and that this was a big game, particularly for the Mighty Adams as they try to break back into the top five. And the Mighty Adams played a pretty good score. Like, really, 160 is not bad. No. Yeah. But 188, like, and the difference, um, uh, as you pointed out, like, the I think the mid- midfield battle was won by the Adams, but uh, at either the bookends... Sons of God with Kerno and Stengel uh, turning up this week. Uh, and, of course, Tom Stewart in the back line versus the Adams, who, yeah, Fritch and King, a goal each. Not, you know, I mean, we know how good Fritch and King can be when they're on, but uh, this was not an on week for them. And and Perryman, the big trade for Perryman, um, is certainly not paying off. No, Anderson, that, he, that has been a winner for the Adams, but Perryman... The really sad thing for the Adams is Perryman continues to be about their best performing back. Yeah, I know the feeling. And he's got one this week. So, man, the Adams are really missing Nikosius, who, of course, got moved to the forward line this year. And, uh, and he was such a revelation for them last year, and it's just not happening. But it is nice to see Josh Kelly back. Uh, but the Sons of God, um, they look like the real deal. They do. They do. They look very strong. Very strong. All right, the next game was the Ashy Convicts up against the Brawlers. I was away with Bill on the weekend. It was very good to see him. Um, Convicts were way too strong in the end, 183.5 to the Brawlers, 169. Convicts are on a massive roll. This is their season. Um, Harry Mackay getting 37 at key forward was outstanding. Zach Merritt, 36 at centre. Sicily, 26.5 at um, key back. 
Um, but the rest of the team was very solid as well. For the Brawlers, Stephen May was outstanding, 25.5 at key back. Jared Witts, 22 at ruck, mainly because Collingwood didn't have a ruck. What do you know? Witts is an ex-Collingwood player. Um, Ryan Burton, 21 at midfield as well, was also pretty good. Isaac Heaney was not, not too bad, 21 at key forward. Um, but in terms of the commissioner votes, Mackay got three, Sicily two, and Stephen May one. Yeah, well, I mean, this this could be a grand final preview, to be honest. And then we certainly got some pretty decent scores out of this pair. But uh, yep. you know, I mean, I've still I've been saying the brawlers, I think, are my premiership picks since the beginning of the year. And I mean, you know, this performance shouldn't necessarily be a huge knock on that. Uh, I think you know, it's been a bit disappointing seeing Tom Mitchell very selflessly take that kind of back seat in Hawthorne's midfield, which is certainly taken him from being one of the well medalist sort of level to uh, kind of average. Mm. So that's that's been a bit shocking. But we but we see the brawlers. I mean, the forward line maybe is not too scary, but and Taranto is. I'm not entirely convinced him in as a centre, but but we know that the brawlers have got quality. But the man, the convicts, they've just got match winners like everywhere. At the moment, it feels like they've got not only do they have like the likes of Sicily and, and even coming, we know coming can hit double figure rebounds in any given week. It wasn't when you're playing, uh, when you're destroying a team like Giants did this last week, you didn't do that great. But you know, we know that uh, when the shoe's on the other foot, you'll be fine. Yep. But then, yeah, Callum Mills is coming on. Zach Merritt's now fit again. Walker's kicking multiple goals every week. I mean, the convicts are just, they look superb. Um, I keep thinking they're going to lose one, but they just, they just keep going, man, and like, man, knocking off the brawlers. Damn. It's, yeah. Um, it's they're getting undeniable. The only thing I'm worried about is, you know, they're peaking too early. Yeah. Well, you never know what they'll pick up in the mid-season draft. So, I mean, that that t- lineup they've got there: Jordan Ridley coming into the midfield, Boak, Dunkley. Um, as you said, the others. It's very, very strong. Very, very strong. All right, next game was the Marvels up against the Warriors. Big bit of a grudge match here. The Marvels got up 172.5 to the Warriors 151.5. Um, Marvels will be pretty happy with this score and with the uh, the return they got on some of these players, like Shy Bolton getting 28, Ben Brown getting 24, um, Jordan Dawson getting 21 in the midfield, um, and also Alex Witherden getting 19 at key back for the Warriors. It's sort of a bit like uh, looking at the ocean here. It goes up and then it goes down. Uh, Jack Rewalt, 30. Then you've got um, Smith doing okay, getting 26. Petrarca getting 17. Um, da- um, Bailey Dale getting 20, uh, 20.5 at key back. Um, and also Max Gorn getting 17.5 at Ruck wasn't too bad either. In terms of the commissioner votes, uh, three to Jack Rewalt. Two to Shy Bolton and one to Jordan Dawson. Yeah, Shy Bolton. Just yeah, it, obviously it was a big call between Shy Bolton and Zach Bailey this week, but uh, man, went with Shy Bolton. And I guess uh, you know uh, we, we've been talking about it enough. Um, when uh, when you got Richmond up against the uh, <laughs> was it the useless Eagles? Um, yep. Yeah, good good call, good good call, Dave. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, man, Marvels, I mean, they keep showing that they've got it. Uh, they are a top-five team. Uh, and, yeah, they've done it again. And the Warriors continue to show that they're not a top-five team. And uh, it's been, a, man, some, certainly some passengers in that lineup from the Warriors. I mean, they got they got the name recognition there, Whitfield, Liberatore, um, but just not, not delivering. And uh, String is gone for a month. String is gone, which I, I, I mean, you know, Warriors just, I mean, it's just not happening. No. No. All right, next game was a close game. We had the Coat Hangers up against Nexus. Um, Coat Hangers sort of just pulled this one back to give him a, a good W here. 144.5 to Nexus 140. Um, for the Coat Hangers, um, Brody Majacek getting 25 at forward was outstanding. Um, also, um, David Mundy getting 18 at Rover, the old guy. Um, Riley, o- uh, Riley O'Brien getting 13.5 was also quite serviceable as well. Now, for the Nexus, um, Lucky Neal getting 37 at centre was outstanding. 
In terms of his other players, a lot of them were serviceable, but no big standouts to to be able to um, grab this game and get him over the line. Of course, Jeremy Cameron had a very quiet day, getting zero. Um, Lockie Neal, three for the commissioner votes. Brody Majacek getting two, and Dane Zorko getting one. Yeah, this is a classic. You know, my whole forward lines from one team, and they're playing the best defense in the league, and they just got shut down, which yep. is always the danger when you have that kind of a setup. And you know, Nexus, I I wondered a little bit this week whether um you know you can't drop Hawkins or Cameron, obviously. No. So you wondered whether this would hurt this week, and I was a little bit. I mean, I I think I was thinking that Nexus were pretty lucky they're playing the Code Hangers because I don't really. I think the coat hangers are all that great, but um, but hey, man, the coat hangers showed us with a you know, like you said some really um, yeah, who would have thought that Mayacek and Mundy would be leading <laughs> leading teams to victory over Nexus? Um, I mean, the hey. upside for the coat hangers is that Danaher is gone for was it eight weeks or something, but he's also got Jesse Hogan on the bench. Yeah. Not in a quite Joe Danaher level, but um, you know, but it's, at least that's something. You're right. Um, but yeah, I, I feel this. This is just a. It's a. It's a. It's a sad one for Nexus because yeah, you know, I think I think Nexus had kind of been overachieving anyway. They had a, had a couple of lucky kind of wins so far. You know, some good scores. Yes, obviously. You know, whether when they when they score two hundred and twenty something. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so they they have their moments, but I mean, you know, when you've got an all Geelong forward line and they're playing crap, then. Then obviously that's going to be payday, but um, but you know what goes around comes around. Nexus pretty ordinary. Um, in fact, I think is this is this the like this is the lowest score of the week. Yeah, um, the Phantoms would have beaten them. This so I mean no 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 you can't say that you got to say the Thylacines would have beaten them because the Phantoms. Well, yeah. we'll Hashtag spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so <laughs> when you go down to the coat hangers, you put up. Let's be honest, the ninth best score of the round. Um, mm. It's just a, that's just, there's nothing you can, like, as Nexus, they'll be just sitting there hanging their head and I'm going, what on earth? Like, that was crap. If um, only you had to put someone as a proxy to look yeah, up like, his name. Did, did he give us some, I, I thought he actually gave us some instructions when I actually look back at our messages that, like, you know, maybe Vlastuin should have played in the back line, I think he was suggesting, and Fiorini in the midfield. I'd hate to actually look at how Fiorini went in the midfield and find out that he could have actually won that game. Don't. Oh, I didn't even look at those instructions, to be honest. I mean, of course I did, Cam, and I hope you <laughs> had a fantastic holiday. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure Fiorini All I, To be honest, all I remember is getting a text message from him to us going, and I thought I trusted you too. <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit of me died inside. Uh, okay, Fiorini, Fiorini had 13 kicks. So he would have lost three, lost but had the last to okay. it. Key back. He was I sure he did that great. Don't. Ten, All right. ten, ooh, ten marks and six. So he would have scored. Ooh. And in the next game. <laughs> so we, we may have cost Nexus the game there. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> All right. In the next game. Jeez. I'm really glad you looked that up. Um, the next game was the Phantoms versus the Thylacines. Uh, I'm not sure if this is an upset or not because it was obviously the bottom against each other, but I, th- I think it's an upset. The Farmtons got up. This they was, would. Oh, Thomas would be it's... dancing around his living room, let's face it. 158 to the Thylacines, a 147.5. So there was a little bit of a gap too. Um, for the Farmtons, Buddy Franklin, a lazy 36 at forward. Jaden Short, 27 in midfield. Luke Parker rolling back the clock, 20 at Rover. Um, for the Thylacines, Peter Wright finally did something for for them in a losing team, unfortunately, though. 29 at key forward. Um, Patrick Cripps, 22 at Rover. But Jeremy Finlayson getting zero at Ruck really hurt in the end. In terms of the commission votes, it was three for Franklin, two for Short, and one for Peter Wright. Yeah, not bad. Like, it's lovely, obviously, for the Thylacines to see Peter Wright finally deliver. Um, I mean, I, I, they weren't worried necessarily. Like, we'd saw, we'd seen enough of Peter Wright, and we knew that the matchups the last couple of weeks were pretty terrible for Essendon anyway. So, um, but this this hurts because the Thylacines, as we I think have previously discussed, they've, the draw has been not very kind to them, and they looked like they had this one absolutely in the bag. Halftime, 
of the last game of the round. They are like miles in front. Not a problem. This is in the bag. And then... Buddy Luke Parker. It wasn't Luke Parker. It was Buddy Franklin had not kicked a goal until the second half. And then he kicked uh, four goals in the first 11 minutes of the third quarter. And it became close. And then uh, then he kicked two more in the last. And... uh, put the dagger through the heart of the Thylacine season, which, you know, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's for the best, but it it sucks in a week when you lose your ruck, like, you you know, Mm. like this ruck, you've been playing all these massive scores. You finally get a chance to play a team that you might actually be able to beat and you you have to do it without a ruck and you still look like you're going to be able to pull it off. And, and it's, it's not just losing Grundy this week, but Luke Jackson as well. So, you know, you really did have nothing. Yep. Thanks Luke Jackson, but, catching COVID the one week that <laughs> really didn't need you to catch it. But, um, but so the Phantoms win, um, it doesn't really, you know, Lance Franklin with this last kick of the can or whatever is not really going to help the Phantoms. I don't think the thylacine season's dead. So, yep, we can put a line through both of them now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so. But at, at least, at least the Phantoms have now got a W in that column. Oh, it's lovely for the Phantoms. And I, I struggle to call it a deserving win, but um, but still, yeah, but it's a win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're pretty close on the power ladder, those two actually. Now that I look at it, all right. Um, let's have a look at the ladder. All right, the league ladder. We have the Ashy Convicts sitting on top, seven and O, with a back of six point five. Then we have Nexus in second, five and two, um, on zero. They're the best high scoring team. Then we have the Sons of God, 5-2 and two in third. They're 46 back. Bills Brawlers have now dropped to fourth. They're on four and three with 8.5 back. And the McEvanian Marvels are in fifth, also on four and three. They're 29 back. So it's quite close in that top five. Then we have the, the Mighty Adams in sixth on three and four, along with the Coat Hangers in seventh. In eighth, we have the Mighty Warriors on two and five. And then we have the Thylacines, in ninth and the Phantoms in tenth, both on one and six. It's interesting now. Like, I mean, it does feel like I honestly feel like the Phantoms, Thylacines, Major Warriors, and Coat. Like, even though the Coat Hangers are three and four, I feel like I mean, you know, again, getting a win this week with the ninth best score of the round is says it all. Um, yep. They're they're three and four, but I I really don't think they're anywhere near. Like, uh, you know, well, you only have to look at the power letter and it says it all about where probably the Coat Hangers should be. Um, <laughs> down the bottom, yeah, dead last. Yep. So, like, there. So, yeah, the power ladder is interesting in that respect that it sort of says code hangers are even worse than the phantoms or the thylacines. But again, looking at the power ladder, you really see the there's a you know those bottom four teams. There's not much between them. Mm. Then there's the mighty Adams, and then there's the top five, and there's not much between the top five. Although I think the consistency of the convicts, even though like their points four, doesn't look as in, that impressive. You know, like it's pretty similar to a lot of the other ones. They've mm-hmm. obviously been a lot more consistent because their wins definitely come out higher. So the the interest seems to be as we go forward: can the mighty Adams rediscover their you know twenty twenty one form and somehow break into that top five? And if they you know because they're only a game out at the moment, their points was yeah. a little bit down, but but you know it's only a hundred points that can be caught up pretty quickly over the course of ten weeks. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like that bottom four has has it in them but the, the atoms are the ones who are like the threat could they you know they, they haven't put it together so far they're yet to win more than one in a row although it, it seems to be watching the marbles do you notice the marbles that that they honestly do that i, I feel like the marbles tend to yo-yo and yeah, well if you look at the win-loss ratio it's yeah. win-loss 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 win. so they're going to lose this week yeah so i don't i mean we'll have to see what that means for later but the marbles yeah so yep. They've yet to really put it together. Same with the Adams. The Brawlers are definitely wobbling at the moment, although I think we've had a few tough matchups. And the Sons of God, though, they're really, um, after a bit of a slow start, mm-hmm. yeah, they're rolling now. And Nexus will be fine once Geelong actually plays a bad team. Yep. Yep. All righty. Let's jump across and have a look at the original league. Of course, the commissioner votes haven't been done yet. I'll do them as we're going through. First game was the Dingoes up against the Heroes. Heroes got up here. 188.5 to the Dingoes, 131. Um, the heroes, uh, Charlie Kerno 28 at key forward. Ben Brown, 24 at forward. 
Then we've got Jordan Dawson getting 21 at midfield. Um, Alex Witherden getting 19 at keyback. Jared Witts getting 22 at ruck. So some pretty decent scores there and some high ones there for the heroes. For the dingoes, um, Nick Larkey did okay for you, mate, getting 18 at forward. Um, other than that, Noah Anderson was quite serviceable also in the midfield, getting 19 and Petrarca getting 17 in the midfield. But of course, um, your name Mason Cox, Obviously, he didn't play. Um, that loss of Darcy, uh, sorry, Darcy Moore, um, Brody Grundy is absolutely massive for you. Um, but as we we're saying before we press record, Moore and Howe, who were your backline, were your best options at the time. So you couldn't have done much better in your backline. No, it's just the sad truth about my team at the moment is they're um, like, I think I picked pretty close to the perfect lineup this week. I think, you know, Lipinski might have done a little bit better at Rover. That was pretty much it. That was as, that's as good as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> so I've obviously got a lot of forwards out. No ruck at all. Not one player in my entire roster had a hit out. So some might be looking at my Mason Cox call and saying, what the heck? But I was like, more or less, I was like, hey, unless Mason Cox is a late inclusion, which I'm going to, that's why I'm going to leave him in there. There's no point putting anybody else there. Unless I want to yep. just get, you know, Scott Pendlebury some uh, bonus games to try and increase his uh, Dingo's record. Games play or something. Um, yeah, no. The, the, I'm going to say something maybe slightly controversial here. I think the heroes are the best team in the original league. Oh wow! And uh, you know they've they've proven it over the last few weeks. I think yep. I, I think if you check the scores over the last few weeks, you'll see the heroes are outscoring Matas uh, pretty pretty regularly at the moment. So um, they're uh, they're they're looking amazing. They are. They're looking good. Uh, so it's it's exciting because I think the way the Blue Flames seem to be crumbling under injuries like normal, um, even though after a fast start like normal, um, it's good to see there's actually going to be some sort of threat to Natas and this will not be a complete undefeated season. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> You never know. All right. In terms of the commissioner votes, I gave three to Ben Brown, two to Jared Witts, and one to Charlie Kurnow. Yeah, definitely no, no dingo's going to look in there. No, no. 44 hit outs was just a little bit better than 28 at key forward. All righty. Uh, next one, we had the wild cards up against the Chargers. The Chargers got absolutely spanked. Um, wild cards were way too strong. 206 to 151.5. Once again, I get around that 150 mark, but just can't do anything else. Um, the wild cards were sensational, though. Harry McKay getting 37 at key forward. Peter Wright getting 25 at forward. Josh Kelly getting 41 at centre. James Sicily getting 26.5 at key back. Ridley getting 10.5 at back. Um, and I could keep going, but I'm not going to. Um, in terms of the charges, Jesse Hogan getting 31 at key forward. Brody Majacek getting 25 at forward. And that's pretty much it. The only position I managed to win was uh, Jordan Pruce. Oh, Braden Pruce. Yeah, like, man, fantastic effort from your forward line charges. And then, yeah, Pruce, Pruce did good in the ruck too, but, man, that midfield just did not deliver. Not, not mm. really. And, yeah, with less said about your back line, the better. Um, but, you know, like, cracking 150, not bad. Just, but yeah, like, it, it does feel like you and I just don't, don't have the winners that we need to actually put scores up. Well, that are, you know, going to get anywhere near. Well, this is what we I feel like this is what we've been waiting for from the wild cards all year. Like, mm -hmm. and when you look at that lineup now, I'm like, damn, it's looking pretty good. Um, but it feels like it hasn't ever come together this year. Like, for whatever reason, maybe I think Peter Wright was on the bench for a while and, you know, and then he came in and wasn't doing it. And McKay has been, had his off weeks. I wasn't even sure if he was going to play this week, McKay. And then he just, yeah, well. I think he heard that he was playing North Melbourne. He's like, what, am I missing that? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so um, but man, I bet the wildcards hope that Josh Kelly keeps up that kind of an effort because I mean, oh, yeah. we, know, we know Josh Kelly can do this, but for whatever reason so far this year, he's been really like, poor. Like, I think he, he had a 40-position plus game in preseason, and I was like, whoa, here we go. And then, I don't know, the first month of the year, he's just been... Really I'd awesome. say even last year he was down as well. I mean, he signed the massive contract and fair play to him at the time. He was on fire, but since then he hasn't done much. But yeah, this, yeah. Is a, this is huge. 
Yeah, and it could good. go higher. If you look at Justin McInerney, I mean, in the midfield only getting 10. Yeah. So he could get he could get more than the 206, assuming everyone plays like this, of course. That's, yeah, so this, I mean, we haven't seen this kind of ceiling from the wild cards before. So it's this is a bit no. of a, ooh, okay, this, maybe they are, uh, you know, <laughs> this is, maybe this is a, a side that we actually have to pay attention to because it felt like they were just going to be like, yeah, they're going to win half, they're going to lose half, they're going to probably creep into the five, and then they're going to get knocked out straight away because they just don't seem to have the firepower to be able to match it with that, you know, the top three we've kind of seen already with Blue Flames, Heroes, Natas. But, you know, you know, obviously they've got a, you know, they've got to string a few of these kind of efforts together to make us a little bit more convinced, but, but they obviously have it in them. So mm-hmm. it's, it's exciting for the wild cards. When you've got Sicily averaging in the mid-20s each week so far, yeah, he's doing very well. Um, in terms of the commissioner votes, I gave three to Josh Kelly, two to Harry McKay, and one to Sicily. Yeah, pity for yeah, right in my check. Yeah, four goal games, but yeah, and I don't get a look in because it's just been some outstanding efforts there from the Wildcats. Yeah. Yep. All right. The next game was the Mighty Bucks up against the Dozers. This, this so, is a stunning result. <laughs> it is. The Dozers put up a huge score here, 178 against the Mighty Bucks, 137.5. This just shows the Bucks how frustrating this game can be. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Dozers, wow, fair play to Baker. Um, Jack Rewald got 30 at key forward. Stephen May, of course, got 22.5 at back, which is just incredible. Um, Vlaston getting 19 at key back. Um, Monday, as we've mentioned earlier on, getting 18 at Rover was also good. Um, for the Mighty Bucks, uh, Parrish getting 32. Look, his team was consistent across the board, only one player getting in single figures, but probably Max Gorn was the other one that really stood out from the from a Bucks perspective. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think the, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> I didn't actually, I've never actually thought about the fact that there's the Mighty Bucks and the Mighty Adams, and they have the exact same forward line. And huh. they, they really, you know, the, the, the mighty forward lines um, of King and Fritch, and they, you know, and, and oddly enough, they both also made late runs to grand finals last year that neither which quite succeeded. So there's some interesting, weird parallels going on there. Um, anyway, uh, but this felt like a little bit, well, obviously the, the Adams played a lot better overall than the Bucks did this week. But um, it does feel like a similar kind of result where the, that forward line did not fire and there was too many other passengers and the dozers, um, yeah, Stephen May, what the heck? Like, <laughs> seriously. And then Vlastuin actually showing up and having a good game. Steele's always been good. Mundy again. What is with, I don't know. Like, I know. What is what is with that? Um, and, you know, the, do- the dozers, I mean, have completely screwed up themselves here with this win. Like, there's nobody wins in this game, honestly. The Bucks somehow are still, like, they should have been charging into the top five by this point. The, ch- the Chargers and the Dingoes win with this game, with this yeah, result. absolutely. <laughs> it's just like, woohoo, because the Bucks somehow have managed to lose and, again, um, and are still outside the five. Um, I still, I, I, I don't know, I, and they've now had to watch teams like the Wildcards actually score well, which is got to have me making them a little bit worried about it. Mike, were they actually going to be able to get into that, you know, five at some point? It's just going to be a cursed season. Meanwhile, the Dozers, this is their third win for the year, and which is just wrong. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <coughs> this um, this is obviously an amazing performance in their back line more than anything else. Um, yeah. It's not often that we haven't had too many games where the back line has won it like that, but, uh, but it just doesn't... It's not going to help the Dozers because their team is not good. And <laughs> this is, means now they're, jump, they're jumping way up the ladder because it's really tight. Yeah. Um, commissioner <coughs> votes on this one. I gave three to Stephen May. Not surprising. I gave two to Rewalt and one to Mundy. Yeah. Um, I, shake right. my, hmm? I shake my head. <laughs> yeah. All right, the next game, Scorpions up against the Titans. A close game here. Titans prevailed, 145 to the Scorpions, 131. Um, as we mentioned before, Danaher going down certainly is not going to help the Titans at all. Um, Stangline not too bad, getting 18 at forward. Sam Walsh, 29 at centre. Uh, Ryan Burton getting 18 at back. 
But other than that, sort of a solid performance for the for the um, for the Titans. Um, for the Scorpions, didn't name Buddy, but Rory Laird got thirty five at centre. Um, Caleb Daniel eighteen at midfield, and of course Todd Goldstein rolling the clock back, getting eighteen at ruck. But yeah, no Buddy. Cost him the game. Nobody cost, cost him the game. game. Drop Aaron Norton, bring Buddy in. Boom, done. It's not even Norton, like because I, I, you know, obviously Norton probably got injured. I think, or at least was not 100 percent during that game. Whereas you'd think Waitman would not normally get the call over Franklin. Um, and six goals from Franklin would have scored 36, and that's 23 points, and that's a win for the Scorpions. So, uh, but I mean, but the Scorpions shouldn't be winning games. The Titans, I mean, they were they shouldn't have even been within reach because Danaher should have been fit as well and should have been would have put up a decent score. So you cancel out Dan for Norton and yes, the Scorpions probably should have won this game. It was not a great game from the Titans, but man, this is this is the sort of game that like the Bucks must be looking at this, this Titans win and be just going like, how? How how is this <laughs> happening that the Titans are winning games like this? And yet I can't take a trick. Um, yeah. And they'd be right. Because, yes, the Scorpions, though, uh, amazingly scoring the same as the Dingoes, despite actually having a ruck. I think that says everything you need to know about. Like, the Dingoes are pretty low. And then the Scorpions, with a ruck, <laughs> not able to outscore the Dingoes. So, that's, that's, oh, that's pretty low. It is. Um, and they <laughs> managed to get a commissioner point, too. So, I gave three to Ryan Burton. Two to Rory Laird and one to Tyson Stengel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a low scoring game, this one. This is yeah. pretty ugly, really. Now, I think I called up maybe in round two or three that this could possibly be the end of Natasha's run for that it most consecutive <laughs> wins. Um, and for Jesus, it was close. Um, but Natas prevailed 170.5 to the Blue Flames, 169, a lazy one and a half points in it. Natas, uh, Tom Hawkins getting 18 at key forward, Took Miller getting 36 at centre, J- Jaden Short getting 27 at midfield, Tom Stewart getting 27.5 at key back was outstanding. For the Blue Flames, get, get a load of some of these scores. Tom J. Lynch, 47 at forward. Lockie Neal, 37 at centre. Patrick Cripps, 22. I feel like I'm doing the Brownlow. Um, Patrick Cripps, 22. <laughs> um, three votes, Patrick Cripps. Um, no, not quite, but some of those scores, Steve. Tom J. Lynch, that is outstanding. Yes, um, I feel like I'm getting a bit boring every week having to say, isn't it amazing this keyboard's had a great game against West Coast? Yeah. North Melbourne, and yeah, this is kind of how it goes at the moment. Um, unfortunately for Blue Flames, that massive score, not enough because no ruck. Um, which you know, <laughs> I guess when you uh, get past a team with no ruck by a point and a half, you call yourself very lucky. Yeah, um, so again, the Blue Flames, I don't know what I mean, their back line coming in McGovern, geez, normally they'd s- score that each, not between them and what they put up this week. And I think that's it's just a, a reality of um, McGovern just probably not caring that much when it came down to it as he watched the goals going over his head and coming, playing against a team that obviously wasn't interested in getting into their forward line at all either. Um, some amazing performances, but then some real letdowns. Obviously, Cameron, a huge – well, the big difference, obviously, was when you think that Cameron and Hawkins playing against each other and Hawkins actually able to outscore Cameron by 14 – Yep. Yeah, that, that hurts for the Blue Flames. Um, but, wow, Natas, keep finding a way. They it's do. Like, they, you know, they they lost most – I think they were down to their last ruck as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a war of attrition at the moment out there. It is. Now, I'm going to need some help with pick, uh, the point uh, – the, the second – oh, sorry, point one. So, I gave three to Tom J. Lynch – Two to Lockie Neal. Now, I'm either thinking, originally I was thinking Jaden Short, but Took Miller would probably be pretty stiff getting 30, one position less than Lockie Neal. But also Patrick Cripps getting 22. So it's between Tom Took Stewart. Miller, Jaden Short, and Cripps. See, I would have gone Tom Oh, and Tom Stewart. Okay. Didn't see that. Didn't even look at that. Tom Stewart gets the set with the one. 
In, well, yes. I, my, wait, yeah, my, well, Lockie Neal, man, he was the one that was, it was Lockie Neal versus Jake Lloyd in the last game. And Lockie Neal was just outstanding. And, but Lloyd was just able to get enough kicks in the end and just yeah. call over the line. It's not really a Jake Lloyd type of game to get a 13 in midfield, but no. But, uh, yeah, and Shannon Neal. Hearn got no rebounds. So I don't know where they're playing him, but he got 12 kicks, but he had no rebounds, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, hmm. All right, let's have a look at the ladder. Um, on top, still lossless, uh, is Natas 7-0 and and the best scoring team with zero at back. Um, the Heroes are in second on 5-2. and two. They're 19.5 back. Then we have the Blue Flames in third, 4-3, and 43.5 back. Wildcards fourth, 4-3, four 177 back. Uh, Titans are in fifth, four and three, 181 back. Then we have the Dozers in sixth, three and four. And then we have a big collection or a flock on two and five. We have the Bucks in seven, the Chargers in eight, the Dingoes in ninth, and the Scorpions in tenth. So, yes, interesting one seeing the, you know, uh, again, we check the power ladder and see what it's suggesting. Um, yep, Heroes are only one win behind the task. So I think my. Statement: When you think about uh, the the uh, recent form, I think the heroes now are outplaying Natas. That's interesting, though. The Bucks really—they're the fourth best team. Wow! Like it's they're really not very far behind any of that top three when you come to the power ladder. So it's mm. pretty impressive. But you know, then it's—I think that's about right, though. They're, they're the top four teams, and I think the Bucks, unfortunately for them, they're going to have a. Uh, I guess there's still only two wins outside of the top three at the moment. The Bucks now with the Blue Flames just kind of slide. So the Bucks can still very easily get some wins going and you know get into that top three once the Blue Flames completely and utterly fall apart with injuries. Pretty. Let me just check. Watch. Yep. Almost June. That's about right. Um, and then we've got the Titans and the Wild Cards who are kind of swimming in the middle. And you get the feeling that once the Bucks get going. It'll be a battle between the Titans and the Wildcards for that last spot in the five. And then there's the bottom crew who, <laughs> yeah, let's just put it this way. The, the Dingoes and the Scorpions are basically having a weekly competition to see who can score the lowest. Somehow the Dozers with their win this week um, now actually somehow look decent, but no one's buying that really. No, no one is buying that one. I mean, they, they outscored the Dingoes and Scorpions by like 50 points this week. And so suddenly now they look like they're level with them on scoring, but... Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, let's jump across, mate, and have a look at the Champions League. Um, and then we've got Champions League, obviously, next week. So you'll be able to have a look at the, the permutations of what, what's going to happen. Um, let's jump into it. So let's just open up the page. There we are. Group A, we had the Sons of God up against Natas. Sons of God won that. And then we had the Chargers up against um, the Adams, and the Adams won that one. So as we're looking at the ladder, Sons of God are on top, getting 16 points, or have 16 points, 93.5 back. Um, so they've got that position sewn up now. But the fight is still going. Natas is on 12 points, zero back. And the Atoms are on 12 points, 127.5 back. And, of course, the Chargers have not won a game yet, but and we're 194 back. So, Sons of God versus the Atoms, Chargers versus Natas. Natas will win. Will the Atoms beat the Sons of God? Got beaten by 34.5 points. That's the goal of the mighty Adams this week but this really like we, let's credit where credit's due here sons of god have completely honestly this feels like it turns the champions league on its head they've beaten natas which as i was kind of hinting at earlier maybe not as impressive as you might think but yes this is and not only have they beaten them this is now the second time yeah the, beaten the only team that has beaten natas this year and they've done it twice. So twice, yeah. Sons of God, like, but but as I was suggesting, this is this turns the Champions League on its head because we've been assuming pretty confidently since day dot here that with the way that the uh, you know groups have been organized, that Natas and Nexus would win both their groups and therefore end up in the same you know phase two group, which would obviously be hell for everybody else who finished second in Group B and D. Uh, because you'd end up against two of the strongest teams. 
Uh, but suddenly now, this is not a fait accompli at all. Like now, the weird thing is the Sons of God, as as as, as I suppose we were just talking about, they, they you'd think after beating the task twice, you'd be home and hose and you'd be good in this group. But unfortunately, they still aren't necessarily, like if they somehow have a shocking week this week, the Adams could still steal their spot, which would be criminal. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> criminal. Um, but... There is also the extremely slim possibility the Chargers might actually knock off Natas, which would be unbelievable. Hilarious. It would be <laughs> it would be it would be hilarious on so many levels, but that would be my grand final win. Yeah, well theoretically the Adams could even if they don't beat Sons of God by thirty four and a half points, um, you know, a win would actually potentially put them over Natas if Natas was somehow to lose to the Chargers. That would be unthinkable, um, mm. almost unthinkable. Um, so you'd expect it. So I, there's all sorts of potential permutations for this group because, you know, Adams beat Sons of God, even if they don't beat him by enough. Natas will, you'd think, would beat the Chargers and therefore would take top spot back. But this changes everything for all the other winners of groups. And, like, I feel like we've been just assuming for so long. And so suddenly, like, when you think about those teams, like when I think about the, the leader in Group D, the Brawlers, who are undefeated and haven't, and were thinking this that winning that group was going to guarantee they didn't have to play Nexus or Natas in the next round, suddenly they're like, holy crap, what mm. the hell, Natas is what in second? Because suddenly now you're going to, like, it's going to make for one hell of a rotten phase two group if, you know, you end up with Natas plus two other group winners in the same group. Now, the Suns of God are playing well enough that, you know, they deserve to be probably treated at that level, and they're going to be probably just as scary in the in Phase 2 as even potentially in the TAS if uh, the Suns of God keep playing the way they have been. But, damn, this changes everything, I feel like, this this result this last week. This really rocked the boat. And now it's just up to the Chargers to knock the TAS out of the Champions League. Well, yeah, that, that just that. Just do that. Yep, completely. Yep. <laughs> Go charge! Oh, okay. Come on, charges! <laughs> Look out for All the right. champions. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, Group B. We had uh, wild cards up against the Warriors. Wild cards won that, and the coat hangers were up against the Scorpions, and the coat hangers won that. Wild cards. They're through twenty points and highest scoring team. Coat hangers are in second on twelve points. They're through sixty four point five with a back score. And then we have the Warriors and the Scorpions both on four points. Yep. Well, this group is officially over. There is nothing that is done. And, and uh, any group where the coat hangers are the uh, making it to the phase two is says everything about the quality of this group. Yep. <laughs> it's like three, the Scorpions, Warriors and coat hangers probably all deserve it. You know, well, you know, let's put it this way. I'm not convinced any of them are going to make champions league next year. So okay. you'd want to sneak through into this phase two and hopefully somehow may have to win it because you're probably not going to qualify any other way. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, wild cards. Hey, wild cards are looking fantastic and good on them. And they're, they're one of those teams that's going like, what the hell? You, you mean we might end up in the same group as the TAS? I thought we were good. What the heck is <laughs> happening to me? Yeah. But they do. Sorry, I'm looking at a formula here because um, I'm not sure if it's if it's worked correctly in in terms of Group D. Anyway, I'll get to it and I'll look for, look at it later on. You'll look at it and you'll tell me no, 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 it's right or no, 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 there's something wrong here. Um, group C, we had. Now you're looking at Group D, going, what's he talking about? Group <laughs> C, um, it was the Phantoms up against the Dozers, and the Dozers won that game. And then we had the Titans up against Nexus, and the Titans won that game. So this group is not really done just yet. We've got Nexus sitting on top with 16 points, but the highest scoring team. Then we have the Titans on 12 points, 42 back. Farmtons on 8 points, 30 points back. We have Titans, oh, and then the, the Dozers are on 4 points, but 85 points back. But those top three, we have the Titans against the Dozers this week. And we have the Phantoms versus Nexus. Could the Phantoms do something miraculous here? Well, I mean, the Phantoms and the Titans completely bamboozled us with this week with this results. I mean, we went into this round expecting, okay, well, the Phantoms should get a win 
over the Dozers because the Dozers are terrible. Mm-hmm. Should keep them right in contention. Whereas the Titans are probably going to lose to Nexus, so therefore they'll be the ones in trouble. And so I honestly, when it, I was in t- anticipating that we'd be talking about how the Phantoms are on twelve and but having to face Nexus, whereas like the Titans are on eight and have to face the Dozers. So this could be going to come right down to points four and da 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 da. da. But suddenly now the it's all turned upside down, and really the Titans, all they have to do is knock over the Dozers, and uh, they're in. Um, their points four is not going to help them. They're, they're behind already. So, the, whereas the Phantoms now have to somehow hope the Dozers are going to repeat the dose they just got, um, but uh, topple Nexus, which is so the Titans have suddenly gone from being the outsider here to being almost like home and hosed. Um, mm-hmm. Really weird, really weird change of you know. But but probably when you look at the uh, the ladders in the the leagues, not that surprising that the Phantoms would cough up a golden opportunity here and the titans would just sneak through but uh, congrats to the titans another they've managed, managed to somehow score 145 this week and win every week I'm like, man man how many when does that, that doesn't happen to you or me does it man school one no. get wins in multiple competitions jeez titans no. <laughs> i'd just be happy with actually at this point in time no i don't want to win <laughs> going into a draft but anyway now, Group D, this is where my I think my formula might be a little bit strange. I'll have to have a bit of a look at it. We have the Blue Flames up against the Brawlers. Draw. Draw. 169 each. This is where I think the points might be slightly wrong because I can't see it being uh, – one should be on 10, I would have thought. No, no, you, no you're 100% right. Your formula works perfectly. You, you Perfect. predicted I would say this. <laughs> Perfect. I will close that down and not do any updates because I might have broken it. All right. Um, and the interesting thing is, as I was just checking that, if you look at the first game, the Brawlers won that by um, – oh, hang on. No, sorry. I'm looking at a different thing. Um, no, it was a, there was only a point in it the last time they played it. Brawlers um, and a point and they had a draw. Wow. Right, yeah. And in the next game, it was the Marvels up against the Bucks, and the Marvels won that. So the Brawlers are on 18 points, highest score. Marvels are on 12, 105.5 back. Bucks are on eight points. Um, Blue Flames on two. So that's uh, – oh, there's the two. Sorry, I was looking at um, looking at something else. So no, that is right. The formula does work. Um, in terms of who's playing this week, we've got the Marvels up against the Brawlers and the Blue Flames up against the Bucks. Obviously, a must-win for the um, the Bucks, but you'd suspect the Marvels are going to go through, wouldn't you? Maybe. Uh, uh, not really, no. Because, like, when you think about it... Um, you don't think the Blue Flames would beat them? The Blue Flames the haven't won a game yet in this group. They did well, manage they had... to pull off a draw, and they've definitely yes. been scoring well. <laughs> but we, are, we do have the odd circumstance here where the lowest-scoring team of the group uh, is in second... Yeah. But but they're about to play the undefeated brawlers. So the Marvels, it's it's simple it's a simple equation for them. Beat the undefeated team and you stay in. But if they lose, um, the Bucks will overtake them. They've, they've got you know they're thirty points ahead on points four. There's no way the Marvels are going to lose and outscore the Bucks by thirty points. That's not going to happen. So you think it's it's about can the Bucks overcome the Blue Flames? But again, yep. you'd think. Blue Flames still have no ruck. They did exceedingly well without That's a ruck true. last week. Yep. I think the Bucks are probably going to beat the Blue Flames. So the pressure is on the Marvels. Can they knock off the Brawlers? Yep. The Brawlers are already through. Yep. But it's, it'll be a fascinating week, this one, between those two. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, like you said, I think the Bucks will most likely win. It's just a matter of whether the Marvels can deny them. It'll be very, very interesting. Very, yeah. very interesting. So, of course, that's uh, that's next week in um, round eight. And then, of course, then standard kicks in and all that type of stuff. We'll find out where, where everyone, if who gets knocked out and all that sort of jazz. All righty. There's no AFR Cup next week. It's only Champions League. So let's kick into who's playing who next week, Steve. Now, we're going to cheat a little bit here because I've already enabled the round. So we're actually going to see the predicted Ooh. scores. <laughs> Well, I guess it's late enough in the week. <laughs> yeah, I thought oh, people are going to – I've had a shocking week and um, I figured I may not remember to enable the round tomorrow, so I might as well enable it now because people generally – actually, it's your family that starts submitting teams pretty early. So, all right, let's start with the – uh, the, sorry, the Super League. I've got that one open. We've got the Bills Brawlers up against 
Mr. McAvaney and Marvels, and I'm going to cheat. Going by the predicted score, the Brawlers should win, and we're just talking about this game in the Champions League. It's uh, yeah, it's or a funny one. Yeah. Brawlers, Marvels are doing double duty this week, and it's uh, it's that doesn't bode well for the Marvels, who, as we've pointed out, are on a yo-yo win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. This this week is a loss, and it's a must-win. It, it's it should be a must-win for the Marvels, but I think the Brawlers. Um, I think they've had a few tough matchups lately. Brawlers, they've gone down to to the likes of you know the convicts and um, and the major warriors, which is the most painful one. Um, I think yeah, you get the sense the Marvels are probably going to have a down week this week. The Brawlers should bounce back and get the win, and yeah, that's going to be tough for the Marvels to swallow. But it's probably where we're headed. Yeah, Brawlers for me. Next game, next game is the Warriors, Major Warriors versus the Farmtons. There's only a point in this game going by their pretty last week's um, averages. I'm actually tipping the Farmtons. Mm, yeah, I think Dion Presti is not going to play. Um, I'm, I, I've been down on the Warriors so far this year. I, I, I'm not going to predict them. I don't even know if Aaron Norton's <laughs> going to play. So I'm, I'm predicting Norton. String, String is out for the Warriors as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they rely on him. Uh, Norton and Prestia out for the Phantoms and uh, Major Warriors limp to a win over the over Thomas's team. Cool. <laughs> All righty. Next one is Nexus versus the Mighty Adams. Close score here. Nexus should get through going by the averages. Who did Geelong's playing the Giants in Canberra? You'd think that should be good enough for Nexus to be able to get a, a score that will be enough. Um, uh, but I don't who are the, the – I think the Saints are playing the Demons here. I, I think Nexus will get this one, which is going to be tough for the Adams. They've got to they've got to find a way to, you know, probably pick up a win either this week or next week um, just to sort of, you know, keep in touch with that top five. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know if this is going to be the week. Yeah, Nexus for me. Uh, next game is the Thylacines up against the Coat Hangers. Of course, Coat Hangers without Joe Danaher, so that brings their average down. But going by this, you'd suspect the Coat Hangers should get up. Um, yeah, I don't, Peter rides pretty up and down. I don't. Who the Who are the Dons playing? We should We should before we look at these scores, honestly, check who the Kangaroos and West Coast are playing because then we just know. West Coast is playing Brisbane at the Gabba. Kangaroos are playing Fremantle at Optus. Fremantle. So Fremantle's going to spank North Melbourne. Well, you think Tabana should be back, so whoever's got Tabana. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the Brawlers. Oh, ouch. Sorry, Marvels. That's, yeah, that's no good. Um, I'm going to pick the Thylacines because I think um, Luke Jackson's going to come back and he'll be playing in the ruck, so they won't be technically utterly without a ruck. Um, okay. I thought the Thylacines, I don't know, maybe I'm just... I, I just don't like the thylacines without a ruck would have beaten the coat hangers this last week. Let's not forget that. So, <laughs> so despite yep. the fact the coat hangers actually beat Nexus last week, I don't actually think this score was that good. And they, this week they won't have Joe Danaher. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking the thylacines. Collingwood's got Richmond. Don't know how Brady Mychek will go, but he's been going all right. He has been yeah. excellent. All righty. Uh, sorry, who GWS have against Geelong? Okay, that'll be, I assume, um, Hogan will come straight in. Uh, next game is the, the Sons of God up against the Convicts. You'd suspect the Convicts here. Um, going by the averages, the Convicts should get up as well. This is a massive game, though. Like, the Sons of God have been hot. Yeah. They've been hot. Um, I've been burnt at least once or twice now in the last few weeks picking against the Convicts. Um, You're going to be a brave man. Up. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think the convicts. I but the the sons of God. I mean, this would be you know if they didn't get our attention with the big score this week, man, this would be one way to really get the entire league's attention if they could knock off the convicts. But uh, I'm sticking with the convicts at this point. Yeah, you know, all all Carlton key forwards clashing should be interesting. Yeah, I'm tipping the convicts as well. All righty. From an original league perspective, we have an easy win here for the Bucks up against the Chargers. Well, yeah, you you think <laughs> the Bucks? I mean, all things being equal, they really feel like karma has got to kick in at some point. They've got to get some wins. Um, yep. Max King does have a pretty terrible matchup, though. Uh, so, 
that said, Max King is probably the sort of player who, if he could actually work out how to kick straight, he could um, he could you know rip somebody a new one pretty quickly. So yeah, I'll, I'll pick the Bucks, but um, yeah, yeah. I'm, t- I'm tipping charges, of course. Just cause. Just cause. Alrighty, uh, next one: Dozers versus Natas. Could the Dozers break the win record? No, I don't think so. Natas too strong. <laughs> this would be something else if the Dozers were to back up yeah. last week's effort and some. Well, I mean, it's the crazy thing about it is Dozers would have beaten Natas last week. Let's yeah, just let that sink in for a second. But will he name a different stri- side without Stringer? In it? Who's his other forward actually? Yugel Hagen. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Natas way question. too strong. Yeah, Natas way too strong. Who is he? Cam Rayner? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cam Rayner's been kicking some goals. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Average is 10. Yeah. All right, next game is Natas. Uh, sorry, it's um, Southern Titans versus the Heroes. This is looking like it could be a close game. I Titans look okay, but no Joe Danaher in there. It's hard to go past the heroes. Yeah, you, that's the thing. Like, if, if the Titans were at full strength here and Joe Danaher was playing against – who were the – didn't you say they were playing West Coast in Brisbane? Damn, the Titans yeah. are like, oh, that would have been gold. And yep. no, no, yeah, so the heroes, uh, heroes to win that one. Yep, heroes to be too strong. Next one is the Blue Flames up against the Scorpions. Uh, Blue Flames for me. Uh, I'm going to be controversial here and I'm going to pick the Scorpions because the Scorpions are going to completely dump their entire forward line. They're going to bring in Charlie Cameron, who's going to have a picnic with the Gabba, and uh, Buddy Franklin, who's going to go bang. And the Scorpions are going to suddenly score like 190 and like the Blue Flames will be just sitting there with no ruck going, no, we haven't lost four straight and now we're losing to the Scorpions. No, because normally like, we have five ruckmen on our team to be yeah, able to name. Have still no ruck, and uh, <laughs> you know so, there'll be some sort of crazy injury that'll happen to the Blue Flames this week, guaranteed. And yeah, Scorpions will win. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> uh, and of course, the final game is the Dingoes versus the Wild Cards. Yeah, well, you know. I like, think the wild cards are going to call open Mazare. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the Dingoes have managed to lose their own. And you'll be looking at the hand going, I still can't win. <laughs> I still can't win. Nick, Nick Larky obviously getting the weak suspension. That's great. I only had a forward and they took him away as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's bad enough that I, I had to actually look and say, Am I going to be playing Jack Zebel as my forward this week? Is that? <laughs> oh wow! Because well, I, I think I think Logan McDonald's coming back from a concussion, so I might actually have someone to pair with Dugowie. Okay, Dugowie's really a forward either. But um, you're think... going to you're going to name Pendles at ruck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> Come on, to get, to, get those, to get those get those games up. <laughs> oh, dear, I shouldn't laugh. It's, well, the, the I mean, the Wild Cards played fantastic this last week. They and yeah. they, you know, they should they should easily get this win. But um, I I do think it'll be funny for the Chargers and the Dingoes if the Scorpions do somehow put up a big. <laughs> Hilarious, hilarious, especially because then the dingoes and charges. You know, we're playing in round nine, so I do, I do know, yeah. And then we back it up in round ten, but yeah. So you know, that'll be. I think that'd be great if we're the only two teams <laughs> with you know who are two and six coming into round nine and we're playing each other. And it'd be rock and, paper scissors for the yeah, number one pick. Yeah. <laughs> we'd be like, let's all right. We, we could just do a little arrangement with each other to like you know. Who do you want? Let's, let's see if we can pick. <laughs> The lowest. Let's have, let's see if we can pick the lowest score possible and who who wins. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's something in the. Uh, actually, no. I know it's it's a legitimate play if they're legitimate people to name in a legitimate position. <laughs> it's technically not tanking in it. <laughs> Could you? Is it possible <laughs> for to actually have? I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna find myself for tanking. For goodness' sake, <laughs> I might find yeah. you. Actually, no. I don't want to. I don't want to. No. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to take points off you. Um, I'm going to give you points. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> for tanking, I'm giving you a game. <laughs> it'd, be, 
be a good challenge, though, to like, okay, you've got 10 players who are actually playing. What's the lowest score you can score? Like, is it? I mean, oh, I've you, been doing that. I've been doing that for the last eight weeks, in fairness. I'm like, you know, I could see, like, I'd be like, okay, like, Darcy Moore and Jeremy Howe do actually kick the odd goal. So I don't know if they'd be, like, you know, I, would, I don't know if I'd play them in forward. Man, I'm trying to think. Well, I would play in forward, maybe, you know, I'd have to think about it. Who's least likely? Maybe Mason Cox. I mean, obviously, if he got selected, then I'd definitely play him a key forward because he'd for sure yeah. score almost nothing. <laughs> yeah, especially no marks. He can't mark it. Anyway. All right, everyone. Um, thank you very much for listening once again. We're, of course, going to be back next week. Um Mid-season details. I think I said I was going to put them on the website this week or last week, but I haven't done them yet, obviously. Um, I will be putting them up um, in the next couple of days. Um, Of course, at the end of round nine and between round nine and round 10, it is mid-season draft time. So just to keep that at the back of your head and the draft will be on the Wednesday night. So just keep that in the... Actually, before I do say that, is there a game... The AFL, knowing them, is there anything with uh, fixture? 2022, what'll be round 10? No, it's a Friday night game. Cool. I was going to say there's probably a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday game for some stupid reason. Um, so yeah, no, the um, so the draft will be on the Wednesday night. Everyone's teams will be up, so you can still do your your picks. You select your teams on the Thursday and. All that sort of jazz. So, yeah, just keep that at the back of your mind. So the draft will be on May the 18th. Um, and I'll put the details up on the website shortly. All righty. So thank you very much for joining me once again. Everyone have a fantastic week. And, of course, we'll be back this time next week. Woo-hoo.